fucking idiots, it's Game and Movie Podcast back in the studio. We have another episode of Weak Points here for you. I believe it's episode seven. Anyway, I'm back in the studio with a, a couple of charming and uh, well-loved friends. Nate Northway is here to my left. How you doing, buddy? Hey, buddy. I am uh, flattered right now. <laughs> That's a great feeling to have. It is. Absolutely. Especially coming from you. Well, I mean it. I know. <laughs> I mean you, it too. What you been up to, man? Fill um, in with your life and all of its goings-ons. Well, back in the beginning of the year, my startup launched and... Startup? Yeah, I own a startup. Uh, we're called what do you mean? Gitter. I own a... Oh, yeah! Web app interface thing, I guess. Now, that's awesome. And I think, good luck. I know that you've been doing this for a while. For the people that don't know, Nate here actually built... From scratch, uh, the Game and Movie Podcast website. So. That I did. Huh. And yeah. it, it looks slick. I love the interface, and uh, you know what you're doing. So I think that it's just a matter of time before you find a great deal of success with what you're doing. Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah, buddy. Been playing anything? Uh, do you, you don't really play many games, do I, you? I don't. I work a lot and don't really have a much time for video games. But what I have been doing lately, uh, a lot of mobile gaming. Uh-huh. Um, oh, I, yeah. T- tell me about it. I like puzzle games a lot, so I've been playing this one called 1010. I'm really into it. It's like it looks like Tetris from the surface, but it's right. not. The bricks don't fall. You place the bricks on the grid. Okay. And then you can make rows horizontally or vertically. Oh wow. And the bricks are like different shapes, so there's not like the classic Tetris <coughs> shapes. Tetraminos they're called. Right. I Tetraminos? Tetraminos. Okay. Or maybe it's pentomino. I'm not sure. I think in Tetris, it, okay. Well, regardless, it's not Tetris, yeah. so it's not that. They're bricks. <laughs> I was about to go into a two-minute explanation well, there, but I'm glad you said regardless. So I've been playing that a lot. Uh, also, I'm really into racing, uh, yeah. vehicle racing, and I've been playing uh, Real Racing 3, uh, which just got a big update, and it actually like ruined the game. Uh, uh, as updates often do. Yeah. yeah. It, well, and it, I actually <laughs> recently found out, too, it's an EA game, so it's really not surprising that <laughs> the update that they pushed is trying to push more of the microtransactions. God, they're so fucking dickish with that. They're yeah. f- infamous for that. I remember when like, I first downloaded the game like a year ago, and it was easy <clears throat> to progress. Mm-hmm. And now it's just like every chance they get, they're like, Nah, you can't get this with in-game currency. You gotta give us the cash, yeah, man. Give us the cash, or spend uh fucking one thousand dollars to earn the you know the special currency. Or wait, they they just erase it? Seriously? There's no way to earn it. There is in-game currency still. Yeah, and, but if you want something nice, you can't just work your ass off at oh really completing things. You. I mean, you could. It would just take forever to get there. Like, there's objects in there. There it is. Okay. Yeah, there, there's objects in there. Yeah, you're going to spend a thousand fucking hours trying to get something well, that you could just pay a dollar ninety nine for, and that's how they squeeze you. Exactly. Some of the objects in there that you can get. So there's two types of in-game currency. There's RS and there's uh, gold. Yep. yep. And, there's always two types. And the gold, RS is, like, pretty easy to gain. You get RS for every race you take part in. Yep. You get RS for completing tiers. And you use RS to, like, pay for repairs and sometimes pay for upgrades to your vehicles. But gold, a lot of like the higher tier, like even even like mid tier vehicles, mm-hmm. you have to use gold to purchase. You can't use RS. And and what you buy with your real money is gold, right? You exactly. don't buy RS. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. So there's cars in there that are like fifteen hundred gold. And yeah, <laughs> if you go through and play everything you've already done six fucking times, mm-hmm. you can get that much gold. It's not really realistic. It's not a. It's not that big of a carrot either. No, it's, it's like, not. Why would I want to? I've right. already done this. Or you can buy fifteen hundred gold for ten bucks. Uh, how about no, Scott? Okay. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Two Nates left. We have Jake Wiley Hess. How are you doing today? I'm doing great and tonight. I, I should say I'm doing great, and I hope that this picks up. Oh, dude, that's a yeah. sweet fucking So sound. satisfying. He's drinking the finest uh, rye whiskey <laughs> from Bouillet. Yeah. Bullet. <laughs> or if you're French, Bouillet. Or that's a joke. That's a joke. If you're French, Bullet. <laughs> yeah. What is up, my man? What have you been doing? Uh, man, drinking a lot of whiskey. Fuck yeah. Drawing a lot of comic books. I mean, it- well, drawing one comic book, but... 
Yes, you you yeah. are. And break the news and that you yeah, just got today. I mean, not that this is like far, just insane or anything, but I put my first four pages of my book into a competition at Blick Arts, which is an art store. I believe that they're nationwide. They're all over the I place. I think they are. And I think out of maybe seven people, I came in fourth, which is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, buddy. It's a nice, uh, nice start to my Saturday. Fuck yeah! I got a poke. I got a hot lead on a poker game we can go to after this. <laughs> no, I hate entertainment. Em. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, Welcome to the podcast. I don't play very many video games, and most of the time when I think about playing them, I walk out into our living room area, and then I am about to play something, and then I don't know how to start any of the stuff up, and I go back in my room. <laughs> I should. Uh, I should just sit you down and teach you. I mean, but even I, then, you'd forget. I know a little bit about like doing that, but I just like look at all the different machines out there, and then there's like buttons to switch shit, and I'm oh like, ah, I'm just going back in my room. Sometimes, yeah, it's <laughs> overwhelming. It really yeah. is. The choice is there. With me personally, I've been playing. I've <laughs> <laughs> been playing a fuckload of Binding of Isaac on the Switch. It's a game that I got this year, and it is just phenomenal. I can't stop fucking playing it. There's something about that game. That is unreal. Just addictive. It is a mixture of Zelda-type dungeon Zelda, where you go screen to screen and it scrolls. All right. And Smash TV, if you guys are familiar with that game, where one joystick controls the movement, the other joystick controls your firing. And it's just, it's so addictive. And it's a roguelike, and I love it. Also, enter the Gungeon, which is um, a gun based version of Binding of Isaac. All right. And that's not as good, but that's what I've been playing. But I never did announce what this episode is about, and it's about our top blank of 2017, the year that just escaped us. Now we're two months into 2018. We've had some time to ruminate, think about, and just analyze our lives uh, that happened in 2017. So when we come back, we will take apart our lives, basically. And, uh, yeah, you're going to hear about Three Strangers' Lives. See you in a few. Maybe not. Who, who, who cares? Hi, Dan. Uh, so we're going through the top highlights of our lives in 2017, which can include games, movies, or whatever. So I'm going to get us started here, boys. What do you guys think? Okay. I'm fine with that. Wow. Thanks for agreeing. <laughs> I'm just going to do it anyway. All right. Well, I'm going to start with my one movie on, on my list. First of all, it's probably the only movie that I saw last year was Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Fantastic movie. It moved me. And by the end, my eyes were leaking. I don't know. It's something in my eye or something. Anyway, I'm going to go on to uh, the games. I was talking in the intro about The Binding of Isaac. It came out on the Switch. It is just phenomenal. Everything I said in the beginning, the intro there, it just combines for such an addictive gameplay. And I have spent over 140 hours playing this because the Nintendo Switch keeps track of how long you play games and uh wow that that game has just captured my imagination it's also very disgusting if, if you the can game is yeah, the, it, oh, yeah. like okay. it's based around shit and like yeah well i mean it really like, <laughs> right. there, there are like living piles of shit that hop around and shoot at you and there's like all sorts of gory imagery too but it's in a cartoon-esque style where it's not really offensive, you know. It's right. these pieces of shit have googly eyes and you know so, mouths. And so, is this a spinoff of Conker's Bad Fur Day? <laughs> I am the, the great, great mighty poo, and, and I'm, I'm going, going to throw my shit at you. you. <laughs> uh, something of Tish for my. <laughs> There's another verse to there. I love that you beat that boss by throwing rolls of toilet yeah. paper at him. <laughs> Fantastic game. Oh, God. 
My next game is Samus Returns for the oh. 3DS. It's been a long, hard, arduous journey for any Metroid fan out there. And finally, finally, fuck, we got a, well, quote-unquote new Metroid game where they remade the Game Boy one into a brand new game, pretty much. Because the Game Boy was, what, four shades of green or gray or whatever? They, I mean, it's, <laughs> the 3DS obviously has 3D, so all these colors... Brand new, uh, you know, cave design, world world designs, and uh, all new mechanics. So I, I would almost say they should just start doing that. Just taking Game Boy games that like were just bad because it was a Game Boy game, right? And like, yeah, let's make it like a game. Yes, like, oh, totally, like a real game. Yeah, <laughs> fuck this tiger handheld bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that definitely uh, turned me on. Something fierce beat that, and. Uh, Love the ride. Along with that, well, <laughs> I don't know. Just love the ride. <laughs> turn me on. Yeah, and I love I'm, the ride. Uh, that game really turned me on. I beat it. Came all over the, the place. ride. <laughs> wow, that was all unintentional. Um, <laughs> that's fucked up because normally that's my bread and butter. Along with that, the announcement of Metroid Prime 4. Just the announcement. I screamed in my room during the like the announcement of it at E3. Like, I was watching E3 live in my room. And when that giant number 4 came on the screen, I just had goosebumps all over. I've been waiting so fucking long for a Metroid game. <laughs> and it's been neglected since Metroid Other M on the fucking Wii <laughs> We've gone through a whole console cycle here. We've gone through the Wii U and nothing. So, Metroid back-to-back, -back, fucking love that shit. Uh, Steam World Dig 2 is another oh. game. I talked about it in the indie episode with Mark Peterson. This is a Metroidvania style of game. <clears throat> Pardon the phrase. A lot of people hate the phrase Metroidvania. I happen it, to love it. Yeah, it's portmanteau. <laughs> it's fucking fine. It describes what the fuck you're talking about, and those people can fucking suck my dick. Yeah. Portmanteaus are great. Fuck shit. yeah. <laughs> I love saying it. SteamWorld Dig 2, you gather abilities and items, and you get to places where you couldn't access before. Great adventure game. I beat it in almost one sitting. It was like 30, 35 hours, and it was just joyous. Next is the just the launch of the Nintendo Switch. I noticed, like, everything on my list is Nintendo-related, but that's really what I played. The concept of the Nintendo Switch is fucking pure genius. Where they failed with the Wii U, what the Wii U was supposed to be is the Switch. You couldn't take that Wii U gamepad anywhere. I couldn't even play my Wii U on my toilet in my bathroom. You know, that's it would cut out. The signal would cut out. So, yeah. like, the Switch, you can take anywhere. You can bring it to fucking Antarctica and play the motherfucker. So, that's amazing. You have a portable system. You have a home system. The next game I'm talking about is Super Mario Odyssey. I don't know what else to say about this that anyone else hasn't. It's fucking pure fun. Okay, it's, they broke down, the next two games here, actually, my next one is Zelda, so I'm just going to tackle these both, Zelda Breath of the Wild and Mario Odyssey. Both of these games are very similar where the new generation of Nintendo is finally come to fruition, like the old guard has stepped aside and decided that the young talent can have some now. Like the thirty-five to forty-year-olds are the young talent here, in the in the sixty to seventy-year-olds are finally stepping aside and saying, "Fine, fine, it's your time." And they have proven themselves very well with these two games. They both break conventions that both of this of those games kind of built themselves into a corner here and here. Like Mario, not so much because all the Mario series had to worry about was where do we go from here after. I don't know, there's new Super Mario Brothers, there's uh, Mario Galaxy, Super Mario 3D World. What possibly could you do after well, this? If I can. Yeah, I you think can. A, a very good thing for, like, especially Mario that I feel was a almost like a reset was Mario Maker. Yes! I think it kind of gave them the opportunity to go, like, that happened, and now here's this. You're You're absolutely right, dude. That's awesome. That, and, that's and, a great point. And you, like, you can do that forever now. Here's the new shit. <laughs> yes, here's like, the here's the new deep thing. Yeah, you know, fresh ideas. It's the reset. Yeah. Baby. Same with Zelda too. Zelda was getting too handholdy. Here's this. You know, you had your fucking sidekick. You know, always coming up like Navi, classic in in the Ocarina of Time. Hey, listen, and it would just literally tell you what to do. Like, I, I don't need that. Let me explore. Let me yeah. enjoy the game. Oh, well, like yeah. 
any, I mean, that's a big thing about games. It's like now everything is like, this is how you do it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I, the joy of old games is the fact that like, what the fuck (laughs) is going on? Dude, that's like last night we were playing Twisted Metal and we were both like that. We were. That was awesome, by the way. That was really fun. (laughs) Haven't played Twisted Metal, but I think both of us probably in the same length of time. It's probably been 15 years. the, The original well, it we were two. playing two. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, that's still pretty original. It's not, you yeah. weren't playing Twisted Metal Black. Right. <laughs> right. No, we weren't. <laughs> we talked about that. We last did. Night we did. Black, yeah. Yeah. Jeez. When was the last time I played Twisted Metal? Probably third grade. <laughs> I was out of high school. I feel like the Twisted Metal series is literally the WWF of oh, video games. I that's I always for some reason connect those two. Absolutely. Things. They're oh, they're definitely like in the same like they have the same target audience for sure. And an emphasis on WWF, like 90s. Yeah, like, not WE. Yeah, yeah like yeah. very <laughs> The Undertaker, like <laughs> Twisted Metal Otter is just very connected for my brain. Even Didn't though I never un- played wasn't the Undertaker like a, a the best fucking wrestler ever. <laughs> Wasn't wasn't he like a I don't I don't I don't want to say character but like a spokesperson of Twisted Metal? I fucking maybe. I think he was. I could see Steve Austin fucking getting on there. <laughs> yeah, I could Don't blaze yeah. I can't. See, I, that, I, I almost did a I almost did a fucking <laughs> Steve Austin and Sam Elliott impression right there. <laughs> Don't fucking blaze him. <laughs> and that's the bottom line. Stone Cold Sids. I can't do it. (laughs) Hell yeah, brother. I just want you to keep trying, though, for some reason. The last three are from my personal life. um, Or the last two. There's only two from my personal life. First of all was Tony and Tina's wedding last year. This is the longest off-Broadway play. It's actually technically dinner theater. I've been a part of that for six or seven years now. Whenever they come to Milwaukee, I'm in the cast as... One of two characters. And last year, around February, or actually it was around this time, around Valentine's Day, I acted in that. And it's just such an ego-boosting, amazing thing to do, is act. I don't know if you guys have ever acted. Oh, yeah. Lots. It's it's every day. (laughs) (laughs) I think the... I didn't really number mine at all, but this is definitely number one for me, personal... The best of 2017 for me was securing a booth at the Midwest Gaming Classic for this podcast. I had a banner made up. It looks fucking hot as fuck. It's so good with the pink and the black. Uh, the logo by Taylor Campbell. Big shout out to him. And it went so well. Like, I was so nervous. I don't get nervous about shit being an old man. Like, it, it, <laughs> it just went so fucking good. It felt great. It felt... I don't know, like, I felt rejuvenated after that. Like, damn, things are worth doing. Things are worth pursuing. This is fucking amazing. And so that that is definitely my top and moment. As, as a fan of the podcast, originally, and now being on it, I have to say those episodes were, like, some of the most, like, sincere, just, like, they're fucking really good episodes of this podcast. Yeah. The, like, and the mo- you, the, you can hear how much fun you are all having like it it is palpable through a oral <laughs> that's awesome to hear. like it, i don't know i've i've talked to you about this before how much like this podcast is fantastic oh, as you. a listener and but that, like that those was. those were very like oh it was very fun listening to him. It we actually it's in a candy store pretty much it actually really i felt bad about not going <laughs> Two Midwest Gaming Classic this year, like, while listening to those. Oh, shit. You guys, thank you. Yeah, and this year is going to be even crazier. Well, that's my fucking 2017, everybody. Take care and good night. No, just kidding. We still have you guys. Jacob Wiley Hess, you're up. Tell us all about it. So, with the first time that I was on this podcast, there was a little bit of like, I don't really play that many video games, but it is called Game and Movie, and I watch a lot of movies. Hell yeah. 
so I'm going to go through ten, my top ten in order, which I'm actually going to amend after your the movie that you really enjoyed in 2017. Yeah. I'm actually going to amend my list. Okay. Uh, not that it wasn't on there, but I'm going to move it up. Oh, wow. I have I have a strong pull. Yeah, I just you kind of made me think about it, and I, I have to change the two orders. You might not be pleased, but... <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, it, it isn't about pleasing me. And... At the, I, I think I'm going to save it for the end, the movie that I thought was the worst. Of the movies that I saw, let's mm-hmm. make that, I'm sure there was much worse movies. Oh, yeah, there's another Leprechaun that came out. Yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> but I will almost automatically say that, that another, the other Leprechaun movie that came out, probably better than the movie I didn't like the oh, most. Oh, shit. Ooh. He's building it up, folks. What's yeah. it going to be? You're going to have to suffer through 10 good movies All right. before we get to that so, one. Yes, yeah, suffer through. I am, <laughs> I'm, I'm switching my 9 and 10, and my number 10 is Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, okay. I, I thought that this was, for one, no fucking origin shit. At this point, they're shouldn't ever be a superhero movie that has a fucking origin in it. This uh that movie actually came up in the 3GI interview as well. Okay. Yeah. Hannah said that was her favorite movie. So. I I thought it was very good. Fucking action-packed Pee-wee. Action-packed Pee-wee? Is that a reference that you don't get? No, I have no idea. Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Oh. At the end when they're watching the movie that was made about his adventure. Wait, that's not about a penis? No. <laughs> Shit. It is not about a peen. Uh, it is not about a peen, young squire. The I fucking forget his goddamn Apologies, name. my liege. I forget his name, the, the, the escapee from prison that he takes a ride from in the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. At, okay. the, at the end of the film, he's there with his prison bus watching the movie at the drive-in. Oh. And he comes up to hand him a... A footlong hot dog that has a <laughs> knife inside of it, but he when he as he's handing to handing it to him, the guy goes action packed peewee, <laughs> and that's. <laughs> but yes, so number ten, Spider Man Homecoming. Uh, my number nine is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Hell yeah! I I had to move that up after you. I you kind of said some shit, and I was like, ah. And then I looked at my list, and I was like, I think that one is a little bit better than Spider Man Homecoming. I that movie's great. That is a fantastic series of movies. I mean, there's only two so far, but like they just have hit the nail on the head with that idea of especially like team building. Yeah, it, it, it's it's like I said, I had something in my eye by the end, and usually a movie like that wouldn't move me at all, but it and did somehow. Also, I don't fucking, know how they did it. fucking Kurt Russell, come on, yeah, like, buddy, he's he's a bad man in that movie. He's not not a very good man, but <laughs> he's a fun. bad man. He's a bad man. <laughs> uh, it, what? <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, that's a good one. So. Number nine, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. My number eight is Logan. Oh, which very good Ca- end, Ca- solid film. Yeah, thought very good end to the Hugh Jackman playing Wolverine. Thought there was a lot of good, uh, just like interesting kind of comic book shit, and also like interesting future comic book stuff that like they've never really delved into. I thought the whole uh, Professor X being like as he got older, his powers just became like uncontrollable based on his old age really well there's this there's this that is interesting there's this thing that they hint at throughout the movie that he started to develop some sort of like brain tumor or something yeah so there was times where he couldn't control his powers and they alluded to this thing where he like fucking killed like hundreds of thousands of people that there was some gigantic devastation because he had like a brain aneurysm and then his powers just like ruined five thousand square miles. Oh, that's so interesting. And I, I, I just I think it was good. And I was a huge, and still am a huge fan of the comic book series Old Man Logan. And I have, I have all the original printings of that comic <laughs> book. <laughs> what was that voice? That's that's my nerd voice. Um, yeah, actually, actually, I have all the original printings of that comic <laughs> book, and I bought them every Tuesday when they came out. Yeah, spoken uh, like spoken like a true connoisseur. But that was a great series. But 
based on dumb fucking money and politics, we will never actually have an old man Logan because there's a bunch of, I'm not going to get into it. (laughs) Uh, My number seven is split. So split is just a, not, not the like big twist that M night movies normally have, but it's pretty intense. James McAvoy is the guy who played the main villain and his performance in that movie was like, Pretty unbelievable. He's supposed to have split personalities. Oh, that's what they're like. Very intensely split personalities. And then at a certain point, I believe it's uh, also at this point, like fucking spoilers, I guess. Like, I'm just going to talk about these movies. Yeah, you, I mean, yeah, spoilers are never a thing with game and movie. It's also, it's also been a fucking year. Yeah. Dude, just watch (laughs) fucking peons. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, buddy. um, I, I do like to call the audience, uh, Fucking idiots. That's yeah. my name for the audience well, of this podcast. And I, so. there's another podcast that I I listen to where the person says, it's not about what happens, it's how you interpret it. And yeah. I really believe that, that like, I'm fine with people telling me spoilers because when I see it, I'm going to react how I reacted. I don't have some fucking magnificent brain where I remember fucking everything and things are ruined because of being told that. Unless, okay, so, so I agree with you. Unless I am super interested in that subject or that sure. that form of entertainment or whatever, then my brain is going to remember it, and then it's going to ruin it for me. But, like, I don't know. I'm pretty sure I knew Han Solo died in Force Awakens before I ever saw it. I didn't know how the fuck he died, though, and when it happened, I was like, oh, no. Like, yeah, I had, like, I had a, like, still had a visceral reaction, even though I knew at some point in the film he would die. It's not like they fucking, like, at 48 minutes and 13 seconds, <laughs> like, I don't know, whatever. Split was a good movie, and that's my number seven. Um, well, that's, yeah, great summary. <laughs> my number six is a, I guess, a Netflix movie. It might have came out in some theaters. Fuck, I didn't even think about Netflix. I'm so yeah. dumb. Anyway, go ahead. Some of my honorable mentions are Netflix films. Is The Babysitter, which I am a huge fan of horror, which I might... Sounds like an Adam Sandler movie. No, it's it, like... It kind of does. <laughs> it's totally not. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a kid who like probably doesn't need a babysitter anymore. He's probably like 15 or 16, but like his babysitter is like smoking hot. Oh my God. And he's... <laughs> Go ahead. I don't want to ruin this. He's all like, you know, like they get along really well and they have a good and then like he's getting picked on by bullies and she's like fucking, you know, badass chick and like comes up and like kicks him to the nuts or whatever. But then like so he's all like into her and then she's babysitting him while his parents are gone. And then like he comes out of his room and sees her and her friends performing like a satanic ritual. And then like the rest of the movie is, you know, them. He is basically killing her friends and I believe eventually kills her. And it's it's a fucking really well done movie, especially being like you thought so. I I've especially with I'm sure it didn't not have that much of a budget. I gave it like a. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. All right. I wow. I mean, maybe this is just a difference in taste. I'm not I, say, I'm definitely not saying that objectively. Well, and I, I, I I am not qualified to objectively comment on the quality of horror films. Uh Well, I just thought more I didn't s- like it. I just more so like I have there's a thing where I would say in the last 10 years horror regardless of how serious it takes itself has become a satire. Okay. Like, yeah, I can get with that. Almost regardless. And I think that that movie was like, took itself quite seriously, but also still realized that, like, yeah, this is just a horror movie and we're going to do stuff that's going to be, like, ridiculous. Like, okay. I, I, that's, I think that's why I, like, really enjoyed that film. This, it, it this, appeals to you. Yeah. This yeah. is going to set up very well for what I have to say later. Oh, okay. Good. Um, so that's Stay number tuned. six. My number five was Wonder Woman. And obviously, you saw a trend from. 10 to 5. But yeah. a lot of a lot of comic book films. Split and uh the babysitter were the only two objections here. Yeah. So or objection yeah. whatever. Uh fucking Wonder Woman was fantastic. I think one of the uh, probably the best fucking moments in cinema of 2017 Damn, is high praise. is and I mean I know that it's number 5 on my list but is her coming out of the trench and going through no man's land in World War 1. I, I like 
that moment in that film is, you know, it's no man's land. Oh, and Wonder yeah. Woman, like, exiting a trench and basically just rallying, like, the people who were there to fight. And I, I just, everything in that movie was pretty great. There was some really, the, the the quibbles that I have with it are, like, the introduction of the villain at the end. Like, I don't really think that they set that up very well. And the, there's shit that I didn't like about that movie, which is probably why it's my number five. But uh, overall, I just, it's great. I, I think, yes, it, like, sexualized Gal Gadot to a point. But it, it was also, like, she was never in a position of being, like, necessarily weak. Like, maybe emotionally, but I think that that's why it came off a lot better than normally, like, even Wonder Woman can be a damsel in distress. Like, I never really felt that. I think that her love for Steve Trevor, I think that's his name. <laughs> I Like, I, I thought that it was, like, very obvious that it was like, no, she really likes that person. It's not that she's actually, like being made weak in this point it's just like a legitimate story point of that like she is worried about that other thing you said you thought it sexualized Gogodat. oh you didn't you don't think it's sexualized. I, I mean her. like she is definitely fucking fantastic looking and i <laughs> yeah. find her extremely attractive but i don't think it necessarily at least it didn't sexualize her in a way of degradatory like you know that's what i wanted yeah that's what i was getting at i think that it, yes I don't think she is unavoidably fucking attractive. Yeah, because I, I, I didn't watch the whole thing. I saw parts of it, and I, I didn't think that it, like, sexualized her so much. I think it, like, maybe highlighted. That, like, women are very fucking powerful. You know, I, I think that it it constantly reassured the point of that, like, no, she is in power. You know, and I think that that's, like, a very good thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an excellent and message. They also, harnessed it correctly. Also a female director, which, you know, <clears throat> yeah. you can always use fucking more of. More females in power. Um, 2018. <clears throat> and no, 17. Number four is The Killing of a Sacred Deer. Sounds arty. It is. It is. And uh, this movie, I, I really enjoy slow films. I'm a big enjoyer of buffalo 66 and does this movie remind you of buffalo 66 maybe in pacing pacing yeah okay and just like any movie that's like trudgingly slow especially if pretty much the entire movie is just toil Mm. and i left that movie just like (laughs) like i i fucking like it just crushes your like heart like they're they're that movie is just so, like, the embodiment of the word toil. I, I, it fucking was... This uh, sounds super intriguing to me. I think... It's very fantastic Out of all, all the movies that you brought up so far. This sure. One, this one well, kind of triggers that's, me. My, yeah. my top four are, like, legitimately good movies, not just, like, I'm a fucking fanboy and, like, I... You yeah, know, right. And, no, yeah, right. Uh, I understand. And the director, who I, I can't remember his name, but he, and I haven't seen this movie, and I really do want to, is he did The Lobster, which was another movie with uh, Colin Farrell, where they created this place that you go to find love, and if you don't wind up finding love there, you get turned into an animal. Whoa. And you get to choose what animal you turn into. So this is supposed to be a gift, or is this a, just a consolation prize? You know, or? it's like a... I don't understand. I think you have like a certain amount of time to like find love oh it's like real life it's like a thing that you sign up for (laughs) but uh he colin farrell's character chooses that that i remember watching the trailer and they go like so if you do not in fact find love and what would you like to be turned into and it's like there is what would you like to be turned into and there's no space in between he's like a lobster like (laughs) like, (laughs) i love it uh but yeah killing of a sacred deer was fucking weird and there's all these weird like parables to like connection to like old fucking stories and stuff and uh, a movie that definitely there's a bunch of people who probably think they know exactly what that movie is about but really it's just kind of like it's just kind of fucked up like and i i i just i don't know i like slow movies um sounds like the undertow is strong in that one yeah it's and there's some fucked up shit in there, man. I don't know. It was a... Okay, these these two movies in a row have intrigued me. Good. Very, very odd. Very odd movie. Or no, it's just this one. I mean, you should see, Wonder, still- you should see Wonder Woman, though. You should watch all these films. Um, so that was uh, four. My number three is The Big Sick, which uh, is Kumail Nanjiani and uh, Emily Gordon, who are a married couple. And this is like, 
I guess you would call it maybe a biopic, but it's about like a time in their life before they were they wound up getting married. And Emily Gordon, this is like a, a thing that happened to her is I think they were broken up at the time, and then suddenly he heard that she was like in the hospital, mm-hmm. and then he like wound up meeting her parents through this. And even oh. though they like weren't together, he like I don't know. It's just a it's. Very true life and very, like, sincere love story. And I I listened to um, Indoor Kids, which was their podcast for a long time. Okay. And whenever they're together on any sort of podcast or anything, they literally seem like one of the greatest couples or married Aww. couples ever. And they are, like, and just, I, I've heard them in real time like talk about this story and the movie is like unbelievable like kumail plays himself in it and then his wife is a a different actress not emily gordon but it's just like i mean i think it probably because it happened it is like so fucking sincere and uh ray romano is in it and i forget the woman <clears throat> who plays a uh, very famous, like, kind of southern actress, and I fucking can't remember her name, but, like, I just, all the performances in it are so fucking sincere and so, like, real. But at the same time, bunch of fucking comedy in it. It's fucking great. And then that's number three, and number two is Get Out. Fucking amazing. Yeah, I remember you raving about that when, when yeah. you saw it. That's another movie. I Talking about, like, Killing of a Sacred Deer, like, with this, I fucking, like... Afterwards, I had to fucking sit in my car for yeah. You a told while me. You told like, me that. Just fucking kind of like wow. I always enjoyed Key and Peele, like the TV show, and like people who go might go like, oh, why did they like get? Why did he go and do this or like something like that? It's like I feel like if you were watching Key and Peele in, I guess I don't know the correct way. I that's maybe be really pretentious for me to say, but like, <laughs> you're not watching it right. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know, many. At least you're not interpreting some shit. You know that like right. you're missing some stuff watching that show. I think that this was fucking. I think Jordan Peele. This is where he was fucking like. That's where he was meant to get to. You gotcha. Know? Yeah. I don't know. I there's could, some. Aren't there some racial, a, oh, a bunch yeah. of racial undertones in this movie well, that are, are worth talking about? Or, or I don't think it's undertones at all. I think no, I think they're overtones. quite overtones. Okay. But I think the only thing that might be considered an undertone is people just think that it is that he's getting out of, like, if you're seeing that movie and not being very well-versed in, like, all the shit that's going on right now, and I would say that people just kind of think, like, oh, well, he's just in this situation, and he's just trying to get out of that particular thing. I, I get it. It's get out. I that That's where... <laughs> He's trying to get out of there, and it's pretty bad there, so I agree with him. No, it's that, like, the I think the maybe allegory. I think the allegory of the movie is that it's America. Right. Like, and this is. This this is. is This country. the, The. Everything else in the film is America, and. The actor who is ah, fucking I names don't matter. But I, I just I feel bad talking about the subject and not knowing the name of that actor. Uh, We're but just, the guy who yeah. plays the the main <clears throat> character is everything else in the film is America, and he is the like black experience, and that it's really it's trying it's getting out of that. I mean it's it's a pretty obvious allegory for anybody who is actually woke (laughs) no (laughs) but just like aware of like what is going on right and i it's just a a fucking great great movie and like even besides all of like the messages and shit in it it's just like a pretty good thriller yeah like it's very well made and and, like touches on a lot of cliches of thrillers and shit like i even though it doesn't like it has a big message i think that it's obvious that that guy like enjoys thriller films because there's like a lot of touches on cliches of thrillers and like all that type of shit. That's just great. You could go into that movie, I suppose being a racist and probably be like, Oh, it's pretty good movie. (laughs) Wow. I don't know what that accent was. That's fucking high praise. I'm glad. I I think I'm glad that black man got out of that situation. (laughs) I, you know, I don't normally say things like that, but (laughs) he caught me at a point of weakness. Something got in my eye. Weak points. Point of weakness. Yeah. Whoa! (laughs) Fucking slam dunk Uh, over here. From I just, it's, it's a fucking, it's a really good story. Whatever. Uh, And that was almost my number one. Oh, here we go, number one, baby. 
And then I fucking saw Shape of Water. And I literally, I am, and this is not a, I am big and tough, but I am not a person who cries. And (sighs) on my ride home from that film, I fucking cried in my car driving home. That movie is so intensely fucking beautiful and all the performances in it are so just, I mean, like, I think Guillermo del Toro is, is so good at, like, building worlds. But even in the first 10 minutes of that movie, as much as it is rooted somewhat in, like, nineteen late 1950s, early 60s America, you can obviously tell that it's different. But you Absolutely. instantly believe it. Yeah. it. There the, is... This is the only movie that I have seen yeah. uh, on your top 10. And yes. I can agree with you. Just seeing it like last weekend, man, takes you for a ride. I agree with the yeah. world building, and it's just Ooh. like instant almost. Yeah, you just you're fine. Yeah, like there is a man who is a fucking merman or what? Like this is all right. <laughs> that, that costume work is exquisite, oh, and I mean, Ooh. fucking Michael Shannon is a complete fuck in that movie. Uh yeah, I don't know. It just. Michael Shannon's performance and like is so fucking believable. It's just this like fucking piece of shit oh fucking God. guy. The thing that I the the, yes. the quote that I really took away from that movie is where he goes and he comes into the bathroom where they're cleaning the bathroom. Did you see this movie? No. Okay. Yeah. But so that's why I'm just gonna look at him <laughs> at Tony. Please do. Um, or he comes into the bathroom and he washes his hands. And then he pees. Oh, my God. And then he comes back and one of uh, either Sally Hawkins or Octavia. I almost said Farnsworth. (laughs) (laughs) That's my name on Facebook, by the way. Um, Octavia Spencer, I believe is her last name. They go like, aren't you going to wash your hands? And fucking Michael Shannon's like, there's two kinds of men in this world. and Ones who wash their hands before they pee and ones who wash them after. And guys who do both, you can't fucking trust him or whatever the fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he like, I don't know, like just but that like that fucking like three lines of dialogue was like, oh, that is who this fucking character is. set like, up the character so yeah. well. Immediately you and knew like, this guy was a fucking cock. Yeah, and then you take like the Sally Hawkins character who I can't remember her name in the movie, but uh, the main woman, the mute, the mute. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Let's just refer only to her as the mute. Yeah. <laughs> um, it describes her. <laughs> but, like, even the shit like that, like, all the stuff of just character building in that movie is, like, even even the people who are, like, ancillary fucking characters, you still have some idea of who those people are. Like, that... Yeah, uh, the casting like, on that movie was superb. Yeah. And it, all it took was, like, one scene for any ancillary character to just, like... Oh, I get it. Like Octavia Spencer's character where like he comes to their house and her her husband is like a piece of shit. Yep. And it's like, oh, I completely understand who that person is now. Like I it, she has to be strong. And yeah. she is a strong oh, person yes. in the movie. Yeah. Yes, completely. The small things of like uh her uh Sally Hawkins like morning routine thing that they showed like yeah. two times or three times. Mm-hmm. And it just like she just You're right like, at home. You understand. Yeah. There, there doesn't even need to be dialogue sometimes. Yeah, that which is, is that well, is strong acting and, and with, strong directing, and with your lead character being mute. Uh, <laughs> 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 didn't even make that parallel in my mind, but yeah, I guess uh, apparently me that, saying that is that, kind of absurd. That singing scene almost didn't make the movie. I'm glad it did. I know. I think that that's like a very crucial piece. So I'm sorry, so Nate, that you don't know like anything about this, but. Yeah, sorry, this, listeners who haven't seen it either, but uh, it's we, fucking, we don't it's give great. a fuck. But um, <laughs> I'm going to do two honorable mentions just real quick. Yeah, wrap it up, Jake. And then I'm going to give my worst <laughs> movie ever. I know I've been talking for a long time. It's all right. Uh, two honorable mentions were Bushwick, which is another, I believe, Netflix film. And the only reason I ever fucking watched it is because one of my favorite hip hop artists of all time, Aesop Rock, did the... Uh, score for that film. Nice. Mm, but turned out to be a fucking, like, really fucking rad movie. Fucking Dave Batista. What? Fucking wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Batista is fucking, he, he is fucking Guardians of the Galaxy. Drax fucking, the Destroyer. Yes, Drax. God damn it. <laughs> the other one is fucking Mindhorn, which is also a Netflix. Fucking Mindhorn, man. Dude, so 
<laughs> the mighty the mighty boosh is one of my favorite fucking comedy television television shows ever it's basically like if you loved mighty boosh watch this fucking movie mindhorn because it's mindhorn ruled and here we go the worst movie of 2017 caveat that i have i saw in 2017 is it is fucking awful i now remember that wow i remember the rant you went on well it was it was a facebook rant but uh that movie was fucking terrible wow uh the only reason i saw the entire thing is uh, a friend of i'm gonna assume both of ours are all both of ours all three of ours uh, romina i went and saw that movie with yeah and we were at the avalon theater which has a bar outside of the movie theater fucking rules uh, about i want to say maybe halfway through it i was like i'm just gonna go drink at the bar and (laughs) romina who romina who also was not enjoying the film put her arm across my chest and went, if you don't watch the whole thing, you can't tell people that you don't like it. Oh, it's fucking same. Yeah. And fucking Romina. And I was like, fine. That's a strong <laughs> ass point. Yeah, it is. And still awful. Best of 2017, Nate Northway. Hey. What made your life great in 2017? You. Oh! Big Bona. Uh, That too, yeah. (laughs) Uh, So I'm going to start off with life things. Uh, yeah. And just to go off of what you ended with, Jake, uh, I moved out of a uh, oh, house I that I was... going to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I am. Yeah. I am. Uh, I moved out of a house in West Milwaukee, moved back to River West after being out of the neighborhood for about a year and a half, uh, moved in with two people that I, I kind of knew, and now it's just awesome living with people my own age again and uh, being close to things that I want to interact with. Um, with that, I changed jobs, uh, stopped working at Target, started working for Forward, and have been loving it the whole time. Forward and, is a courier service, by the way. Yeah. So I deliver stuff on my bike all day, and it's awesome. Uh, and also, just in general, like connecting with people again is... I, it was cool. Yeah, you were way out yeah. there, dude. Like, yeah, and I've been trying to be, and like I've definitely like my mental state has improved tenfold since I'm so this time out. last year. Yeah, so that rules. That aside, uh, movies. I so I'm not a huge gamer, like we discussed in the mm-hmm. intro. Sure. Uh, so I'm just going to talk about movies, and I'm sorry if this is breaking rules, but I'm going to talk about television as well. Episodical. No, there's yeah. no rules, um, baby. You I didn't fly. Even, I didn't even think about that. So you fly high, baby. During this whole. I'm glad I got to go last because I did shit to prepare for this. Uh, (laughs) I realized that there were actually quite a few things I saw in 2017 that I quite enjoyed. Um, And so I ranked them. I'm going to start at the bottom with uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales. Um, Wow. I I just kind of like the series. and It's fantastical. It is. It is. Anyways, I liked... Pirates of the Caribbean, just because it was another installment, and it was like the stupid classic template of a Pirates of the Caribbean movie. But I love the soundtrack. I love the acting. It. I. I love the bad jokes. I love the like quirky fucking Captain Jack Sparrow, just like doing his quirky Captain Jack Sparrow shit. It. It still resonates with me because as a kid, that was like, oh my god, no, I want to go see Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh my god. <laughs> is that? Is this the Javier Bardem? Yeah. In one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I did. I didn't see that, but I just so I kind of have an idea of. Yeah. Like which one you're talking about, but yeah. Uh, trailer, also, trailer was good. Yeah, the trailer was really good. Actually, <laughs> that's the, that's the reason I saw it. I was like browsing YouTube and I saw an ad for it, and I was like, "All right, cool. I'll fucking watch this." <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
So that was my number five. My number four was the uh, Netflix original, The End of the Fucking World, which mm. is yeah, I've heard the, uh, based on a comic series, I guess. Oh. So I was surprised to hear you not mention it. <coughs> I actually um, just haven't watched it yet. Okay. Uh, well, it's really, I'm not going to spoil anything for you then. But I, I liked it because it was like there was a lot of deadpan shit in it. And there was a lot of like black humor. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm about that. That's but that's so the kind I. of shit I like. You, but also, it was really, I identified with it quite a bit, and it was really like, it was easy to watch. It was super easy to watch. I really enjoyed it. Nice. So that was my number four, The End of the Fucking World. Highly suggested. Then my number three was the Black Mirror series, which actually came out just in the nick of time on the 29th. Uh, yes. I had the 31st and the 1st off, and that's what I watched. Whoa, damn. Yeah. Uh, squeezing it in. Yeah, just barely squeezed it in. Uh, I generally <clears throat> like Black Mirror, and I feel like this last series... I feel like season three was a plateau, and now yes. they're on the downside of the plateau. I think if there's a season five, I'm not going to like it. Is this series three? Series four. This is... Okay. Yeah. But I still... I mean, it's still very good. I mean, the plateau is high. I I actually thought that this, this series was better than three, then. You think so? Yeah. Uh, not... Like, significantly. Sure. I, I think they're about the same, but I, I think that there is... I, it felt a little rushed to me. Like, oh. the writing was a little rushed. Also, there were more episodes. Okay. So, I, because of that, I feel like each episode is a little more watered down. Um, so, so not as, like, thick with the content. But Series 3, or Season 3, had uh, San Junipero... San, San Junipero... Shannon. San Junipero? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the thing, though, is, like, season oh. season three for me was, there was, like, two really, like, fuck, like, episodes. Well, yeah. And- where I, I felt that season four was, like, there were a lot of them that maybe they weren't as heavy hitting, but, like, every episode in season four for me was, like... Oh, that's like fucking something to think about. <laughs> like, well, right. You know, that's that's kind of how I felt, though, or that's kind of how I felt as well. Though with season three, those episodes still like resonate with me. Season four, I feel like I was able to brush off a lot easier. Didn't fuck me up as much. Number two is Get Out. Already discussed. I it's number two for me for one specific reason. I think there is a little bit too much build up in the beginning. Uh, I don't like slow moving movies. I like things to move quickly, right. um, except for when the movie is based upon media that already exists, such as the case with number one, It. Um, <laughs> wow, <laughs> fucking polar opposites. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Though, okay, so I do have to admit my reasons for putting it at number one are much different than your reasons for calling it the shittiest movie. Well, I don't think I actually ever said any actual reasons other than just saying it was very bad. Okay, and you know what? Actually, I can get with that. Uh, I can say it was kind of bad. All right. I, I can say that, like, some of the acting was just terrible. See, I don't even think that that isn't even. That, that's not me. the worst part. That's not <laughs> the worst like, part. I think the worst part was the shit CGI. Yes, uh, for one thing, but also just like Bill Skarsgård, I don't think he was a good it. I, I don't think he was a good Pennywise. I I think he had potential to be a very good Pennywise, but he just like, especially when you put it up against the miniseries or the original film, yeah. he 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 was no Tim just Curry. the miniseries, right? <laughs> but. The reason I put it at the top is because that is like, wow, that shit is like a primal fear of mine. And sure. I I think like the more media that exists about it, the more <clears throat> I'm able to be like, all right, I can fucking do this, you know? And I could have maybe put it actually on my list of top 10 if you're going to talk about, I think that that movie was ambitious. Sure. <laughs> but like... I, I, I tried real hard. <laughs> yeah. I see. And part of the problem, part of the problem I have with the film is they left way too much shit out. And people do this all the time where they're like, oh, they didn't stay true to the form. So I, I think the thing that I like most, the original miniseries didn't scare me as a film. There were no like, even the jump scares that did exist in it. I was just like, that was coming. This one did. I was like scared at certain parts. Like... And and not because of jump scares. No, I don't sure, think they sure, had sure. jump scares even to be frank. I mean, but they they kind of did, but I think and I don't want to interrupt you, but like I think that that might be where we're like opposite on. Uh huh. 
is even oh you though, totally expected everything didn't you well yeah it was kind of like this is just a really like low rate fucking like all horror all the horror genre is is just fucking like jump scares and like kind yeah. of gory things yeah that miniseries to me was like you never really saw anything yeah and it was actually like kind of creepy yeah tension well yeah but, yeah like, there was quite a bit of tension well like fucking georgie dying in the miniseries uh-huh. is that he grabs his arm and it cuts to a different scene yeah you never get to see what happens to him right and as soon as that happened in this new movie it was like oh they they showed him literally getting his arm ripped off and then him trying to get away and there's a bunch of blood and his arm is ripped off and there's like everything was fucking hand fed to you yeah. in that movie and i hate that i i can see that i do, i don't disagree with that but so the other th- reason i really like this is because a fan, as a fan of the character and the book and Stephen yeah. King in general and that whole universe, it shed a new perspective on it. And I think that was really important to understanding the maybe the origin. I thought, and that was something that I liked more as well. Is in the book they go a bit, quite a bit more into the origin of of it. Yeah. Or um, Pennywise. I'm... Well, I'm, no, I'm... because Pennywise is just a form. I know. I'm just. Um... I'm being a dick. <laughs> but they kind of like show like how it took this form. All right, and I think that's really cool. I, sure. I it wasn't explored in the miniseries, and that's if only for that reason alone. It put a new perspective on things, and uh, I'll, I'll. That's why that. it's at the top. That's fine. Uh, like, As I'll... a movie, it was kind of it was kind of not that great. And I, for me, more so, it's really that like illusion of things, like that you, your mind is what like creates it to be frightening. Yeah, absolutely. And I think even like the first image, not even trailer of that movie, like of Pennywise, it was like, yeah, he looks creepy, and that's yeah. really dumb. Yeah, he should like the whole thing about that fucking miniseries is like, yeah, he just kind of looks like a clown. And yeah. innocent, like where, like, yeah. and that's what's creepy about it. Mm-hmm. Where it's mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, these weird two lines down either side of his face is like, yeah, he looks creepy. Like why? Why is that surprising? Well, like, well yeah, why, <laughs> why? Why? Why would a kid even go near this thing that is already looks fucking? Because he's got a balloon. <laughs> And I, I and we all float I, down here. Yeah, I wish that that was the voice that he would have chosen. <laughs> yeah, we all float. Down. It was just Jimmy Stewart. Fuck, we all float down here, Cad. Yeah, we all float. <laughs> Come on, Georgie, take it, take it, Georgie. When uh, an angel gets its wings, when we all float. <laughs> <laughs> You guys, <laughs> I, I become a really piece of shit in this last like fucking half an hour. So, of this. so now, that, so now that I've spoken my objective terms towards it, completely subjectively, uh, one thing I'm into is urban exploration. Side note about that: there was actually a film done about my friend Robert for a UWM grad student's uh, final project nice. that I was also in. So that's going to be my honorable mention. Uh, is that um, hell yeah? Uh, part of the urban exploration that I do is exploring tunnels in Milwaukee. So about Fuck two yeah. weeks after seeing it, uh, we went to a tunnel on the north side, and yay! Uh, somebody had put a series of red balloons on the side of the tunnel. Uh, so I was walking through there and I was like, fuck, shit, shit, fuck. Oh, God, there's another one. Oh, shit. Oh, that's awesome. I would almost say that like the hype around that movie, I enjoyed a lot more, uh, immensely more than the actual film. That, you yeah. know, like in that way where you're talking about like, yeah, yeah, you're doing urban exploring and it's like, oh, yeah, that fucking it music. Oh, man, this is fucking creepy. Fuck yeah. this. Fuck that. That is you know, so like- cool. That is so cool. I think that's one of the cooler things I've heard in a while that someone well, actually did that. Oh, yeah. And then when we left on the way out, so uh, the tunnel we were in is called Pillar because there's 
a room about halfway through the tunnel uh, where it's under an intersection and there's this massive pillar in the middle of it to support all of the weight above the the chamber and on this on this pillar uh, we put glo- <laughs> we, we Robert had reflective material that he cut into eyes to into the shape of eyes oh. and he stuck it on there shut the so fuck when, people, <laughs> when people are coming in and it's like it's around a bend so when people are coming in with torches they see that oh my god yeah, it's great it's so good <laughs> no and the like in the same vein like when that when we were i wouldn't say when that mini series is coming out cuz i don't think i was even born when that mini series came out yeah you were that came out well, when I that was that came out when I was born. Well, yeah, but just he, before. <laughs> well, so yeah, what is eighty nine? It's not like I wasn't I wasn't old enough to watch it. Let's put it okay, that way. True, sure. But I'll give you that. I I will say the urban exploration, like you know, just doing that. I think that that miniseries was like we were like, yeah, let's fucking go into the sewers. Yeah, and like I I lived in a place in Milwaukee called Wauwatosa, and we have a long line of like what's we called the creek and it runs through like a certain portion of the neighborhood and you can like we'd hang around there but there were two ends of it and the one had a big fucking iron grate in front of it that you couldn't get into it unless you were thin which i was fat but uh on the fucking the other end you could get into there and like i think that partly that fucking mini series is why we were like yeah we should fucking go in there yeah like and everybody fucking went into there and there was like there was graffiti and shit on the yeah. inside and like literally places that you could die oh yeah like that's and i'm talking about when, when we were like 10 yeah 11 12 like oh like, yeah so lots we, of death potential you guys are talking about this and it reminds me so much of the origin of the legend of zelda Tying this back into video games here, my strong point. But Fuck Shigeru yeah. Miyamoto, who obviously he made Legend of Zelda, Super Mario Brothers, he made The Legend of Zelda based upon his exploration as a child. Okay. So these these you know the urban exploration that you guys are talking about this is this is basically how the legend of Zelda got created because he was tapping into what he loved as a child. So there's a little just a little uh, trivia bit for you guys. That's awesome. I never knew that. Yep. All, All right, right, folks, it's time to wrap. <laughs> yeah, probably. It's yeah. time to wrap it up. <laughs> yeah. I oh, think yeah, that also one thing I want to touch on is you guys were fucking fantastic exceeded my expectations both of you fucking rule and you really brought the movie to game and movie thank you both thank you for having me yeah you're welcome (laughs) (laughs) uh quick send off here uh nate northway you love to smoke i know that i'm looking at it you're smoking hot too buddy so uh, why don't you give me a little place and all the listeners a little place where they might be able to contact you if you want to be contacted if you want to contact me I'm available at 8675309. Hell yeah. No, that's not true. Area code uh, first, please. 414. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you need to contact me or just want to talk, uh, I'm on OKCupid and Tinder. Um, Hell yeah, swipe you? right. Swipe right. Jake. Just swipe right. No, I'm sorry. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm on Twitter at the underscore Northway, uh, N-O-R-T-H-W-A-Y. I'm at NateNorthway.com. That's about all you need to know. Holler at your boy, Jake. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> man alive. If you want to contact me, I'm. you can find me at JWH underscore art and design on Instagram. And I also check out my band Ahab's Ghost. Excellent. Uh, to find out... Anything about Game and Movie Podcast, here's what you do. You pull up the the website, www.google.com, and type in Game and Movie Podcast. We're also available at the website that Nate Northway over here made for us, which is www.gameandmoviepodcast.com. How novel. We're available on Facebook. We're available on Twitter, YouTube. Uh, if you want to listen to us, obviously iTunes, SoundCloud, fucking Podomatic. I was just yeah, over like. Stitcher and Last FM too. Yeah, we're on like basically. That's why I always say that on your podcaster of choice. <laughs> yeah, on also your, that's right. Yeah, 
Hold on. That was my best Joshua Molina impression, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know who that is, so... He's a character from the West Wing, and he does a podcast called the the West... Or he's an actor in the West Wing, and he does a podcast about the West Wing called the West Wing Weekly. And every week he says... Your podcaster of choice? Every week he says, and you can find the West Wing Weekly on your podcaster of choice. (laughs) Yeah, all right. So... That that was a good Josh Holloway, then. Molina. Right. Well, that's why I always preface uh, this with just type Game and Movie Podcast into Google. You're going to find us. It's it's not hard. So, um, I don't know, guys. Uh, this is a great podcast. We fucking did it. Yeah. Goodbye to 2017. Alphita's Game and movie. <laughs> Game and movie podcast. Game and movie podcast. Cast. All right, everyone. See you later. than coming home after a long day of work and finding a cold meal. Before you think about giving your wife what for, maybe you ponder going down to Jenkins McKinley Burger Barn and General Grillery. (laughs) The place where a man's appetite goes to die.